Hi everyone, this is Monica Hoyle, your host for the Duck Fun Wall, and I just want to say that today's conversation was a gift. Erica Wright was nice enough to share with me some of the traditions of her family. Her family just happens to be a Virginia indigenous tribe called the Cherenhaka Nottaway Tribe of Southampton County, Virginia. This was fun for me, but it was also really insightful, and I'm grateful beyond words that she would take the time to talk to me about her culture and her family and her family's history. So get comfortable on the duck pond wall and let's catch up with Erica Wright. I wanna welcome everyone back to the duck pond wall. And I'm very happy to have with us as our guest today, Erica Wright, Emory and Henry class of 2011. How you doing Erica? I am doing very well. It is an honor to be here with you. Well, it is an honor to have you. And so you've been, so you've been out of school for a few years. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. So I went to graduation. I went to Peru and lived there for a year. Uh, then I, I can't remember back. that. What did you do in yeah. Peru? I taught English for a year. Yes, I taught in Peru. I did uh, mental health for a while, decided I wanted to go back to school. Um, and then I stumbled upon occupational therapy um, because I, my dad actually had to have that. And, you know, tried for a little while to get into different programs and got into an awesome OTA program. So I'm almost done. I'll be done in May. That is terrific. So once once you finish your degree, um, are you going to stay in Cape Cod? I'm not sure. The world is my oyster. I do have to stay in the United States because of um, certification reasons, but um, I'm thinking of doing travel therapy or I don't know. We'll see. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you is because you had a cool post on your Facebook page the other day about a a little festival or celebration that, that you had been a part of. And I was hoping that maybe you would take this opportunity to tell us a little bit about your family and your culture and your heritage, because it's very cool. And I've wanted to ask you questions about it for a long time. And you were nice enough to say that we could talk about that. Of course we can. So the specific post that you're relating to is we have a powwow celebration twice a year um, for my tribe. My dad is actually the assistant well, vice chief of our Native American Indian tribe. So I am considered the princess. Well, one of the princesses, there are four. Um, so I guess you could say I'm royalty within that community. I am. I love <laughs> I that. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember the K-Fives used to, used to call you that, as I recall. Yes, they did call me princess. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what, tell me what tribe it is. It is called the Cherenhaka Nottawa tribe, but in English we just say Cherenhaka Nottaway. Cherenhaka Nottawa or Cherenhaka Nottaway. Yes, perfect. Good job. And so, t- so tell me a little bit about the Cherenhaka Nottaway tribe. Tell me about, like, you know, a little bit about their history. So they've been here since the 1700s. Um, they have historical documentation all the way back to before Jamestown was settled. Um, so when we have powwows, they have a tent specified for historical information. So you can see all of that. Um, we have been working on federal recognition for over 20 years, but we are state recognized in the state of Virginia as being oh. one of the original tribes. So we're located in Cortland, which is only about 15 minutes from where I live. And that's where we have a, um, tribal grounds I can't remember how many acres it's like 170 acres or something but that's where we have the two powwows a year there and we do have like 
other celebrations, but the ones that are open to the public are the two a year. Is it is the is the land protected? It is, and we do own it. Uh, we had to pay for it. It took us, you know, several years to oh, pay wow. for it, but we did. So we have it, and it's paid for. Um, and it is protected. We have our own roads and everything. So, and we're always expanding. Um, soon, we will start groundbreaking for a facility. Um, I don't even know what it's called because it's still in the works, but we're going to have a, a legit facility on it soon. So, Like a community center or something? Yes, and it'll have like more of the information, historical information. You can go and tour and all of that. So, How neat. Well, and help me. All right, so I'm going to, this is where I start asking the dumb questions. So you guys have documentation back to the 1700s, but is it likely that, that your family is actually older than that? Or did they... Um, or did they like split off from somebody else? No, I'm sure it is um, older than that. That's just the first account that they have in their hands of a written statement to say we uh, were there. These are the people that we found. This is what they're called. Yeah. So that's in the historical textbook. Um, they do the Smithsonian in D.C. Actually, in, um, it's not displayed to the public, but they do have a whole exhibit with our ancestral bones in a closet. No so that's kidding. <laughs> that's the whole thing. We've been fighting for them to return those to us. So they have a whole floor of just Native American history. Um, I think it's in the United States. I'm not sure. But the bones that they have that they took off of our original land, which we now have, um, they dug them up for research purposes and took them to the Smithsonian but they are not displayed with the the other tribes they're in a box in a closet so we've been fighting for several years for them to just return them to us so that we can rebury them but it's a lot of legality issues so yeah 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 well so why would okay let me start with this question so what do they say is the date or the the have they done like carbon dating on the bones to see sort of how old they are how far back so they, they say it goes? They have, but honestly, I don't remember <laughs> because I was in like, I want to say 10th grade when we went and visited and I learned about everything about them. Um, so it was so long ago. And um, yeah, I understand. Our chief is the one that does all the paperwork and the grants and all of that. So I'm not as um, informed as I used to be. So I have no idea. I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing because you're talking about the chief having to do paperwork and grants. I, for some reason, that just sounds kind of, it sounds sort of like ordinary. You know, if you're, if you're a chief of a tribe, it seems like you ought to get to do something really, you know, really cool and fascinating, but he's doing grant work. I mean, you know, that's kind of sad. He does. He does all the public relations. He does a lot behind the scenes and he has for over 20 years. So it's, it's been a long process and he, he just does this every day. So well, do you feel, do you feel like um, the, that your tribe is making some headway as far as recognition? Do you feel like you see a light at the end of the tunnel on that? Um, it's, I have, because just within my lifetime, um, we went from no land. We had to um, get that back. We had no recognition whatsoever. Um, it's very interesting because people that live in the same um, town as our land and our tribal base don't even know that we're there. Um, even though we do public events and we do um, advertising, we do, um, you know, powwows twice a year, 
but I still every day run into someone who's like, where is that? And I'm like, it's literally right here. (laughs) So we do have state recognition, which we did not have. Um, So we are state recognized along with the other Virginia tribes. Well, what does it mean to get state and or federal recognition? What does it do? Um, that (laughs) I don't have like a good answer for that either. Um, because I don't know. That's good because I didn't either. And so now I feel like we're both in this together. That's good. (laughs) I don't know exactly all that it entails. Um, I know a lot of people, the stereotype of um, why people kind of shy away from it and don't help us fight for it is because they think um, automatically if you have state recognition, that means that you get federal funds Mm -hmm. and that you want to put a casino on your land. Um, (laughs) That is stereotypical, isn't it? It's stereotypical, but typically that is something that does occur because once you are federally recognized, you no longer receive the same benefits as someone who's not. So the government does, is responsible for some aspect of funding, but you are now in charge of your own income. Mm-hmm. So that's like a way that people have gotten around that. And sure. that the casino is not like, you know, t- the taxes don't go to everyone. So it, it's like, <laughs> it's a lot complicated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No wonder the chief is always doing paperwork. There is a lot to figure out. It is, but basically we just want to like say we are still here. Here's our history. Here's our information. Here's the proof. Um, We want people to still recognize that, you know, there's cultural um, aspects of us that people don't understand, that they don't get taught, that, um, you know, we just want people to realize our ancestors had a lot to do with the formation of this country. Um, and we're still here doing the exact same things that we did in the very beginning. So we haven't lost any of that culture. And um, it was interesting to me to grow up and have SOLs and not have our tribe inserted into that category. And right. now it is. So that's really cool to have our name in the textbook where we belong with the whole rest of the Virginia tribe. So that's really cool. That feel like progress. That is awesome. Oh, really good for you. Well, and, and let's talk about about what your about what your tribe would have done early on. About some of the did you have traditions, cultural traditions that you um, that you're sort of especially known for, or that maybe you still do today, or maybe some practices that you're still doing today that you're known for. Mm-hmm. You've got to come to a powwow. <laughs> I know. I'm, I, I didn't even know that was an option, but now, yeah, I want to come. So yeah, it's just the whole, um, we still wear the same, um, we call it regalia, which is the um, traditional dress that we wear, the traditional clothing that we wear. We still wear the same things. Each tribe is a little bit different, but as a collective whole, it's very similar. Um, are there, are still, there like patterns and colors that significant are, are significant to your tribe? It is. So ours is um, navy blue and red, like a dark red. Um, but then we, you know, we have a lot of feathers and shells and sticks and just like earthy materials that we use. I still wear a full buckskin dress. Yeah. So we still use the whole like, you know, just go back to the earth and what they would have originally used. Um, it has evolved. There's so many younger um, people that, you know, incorporate a whole lot of different things to represent that, you know, they're from today's time. So that's cool to see different tribes weaving in um, traditional versus like, you know, nowadays. So that's really cool. And then there's differences between the East Coast and the West Coast. So you can, I can determine the difference between like where you're from based on what you wear. 
So that's really cool. No kidding. But now, but now does your particular family have a, a West Coast branch or are you just saying in general that it, the tribes will do things differently on either coast? Just in general, our oh, okay. probably been on the East Coast, but just in general, um, it's really cool. Like um, Twyla, who was uh, K5 as well, I think her family originally more on the Western side because um, we have a little bit of similar cultures, but a little bit different too as well. Well, who knew? Well, my goodness, well, I didn't know that either. All right. Well, just to remind everybody, we're talking today with Erica Wright, Emory and Henry class of 2011. And we she's our special guest today on the Duck Pond Wall. And we're going to take just a quick break for a word from our underwriters today. Support for WEHC and Emory and Henry football comes from Tumbling Creek Cider Company. Heritage-inspired, handcrafted hard cider in the heart of downtown Abingdon. Open daily in the Spring House 112 Court Street, Northeast, and online at tumblingcreekcider.com. Tumbling Creek Cider Company, serving the spirit of our community. We're back again with Erica Wright, class of 2011, and she has very graciously agreed to talk with us about her family, Sharon Hakanataway tribe um, in Eastern Virginia, uh, based in Portland, Virginia. And she was saying that we have, she has, their family has documentation back to the 1700s, but they probably go back, go back much farther than that. It, help us understand a little bit um, to look, there's a map now. Have you seen this? The map that shows like where the indigenous peoples in Virginia live. And it's really interesting, but I was confused because there's a whole lot of overlap and overlay and there's a lot of pretty colors, but I don't really understand who's where and what's going on. So help us understand a little bit about um, I mean, did did people, did different groups like sort of migrate a little bit and move around or did everybody stay in one place? Has, has your, has your folk, have your folks been in like that same part of Cortland forever? Um, I believe so. There are a lot of, um, of course we do like intertribal things. So that is where people could have branched off and kind of moved around. And that's why there's an overlap as well, because um, even today when we have powwows, there are a lot of different tribes from just this area come together. So if you marry interracial or intertribal, like of course you'll move around, but we always just, if you have any blood within you at all that is native, then you're allowed to come to these events. So I can see how there's a lot of overlap. So, and then of course there were different tribes and there were different um, languages. So that's probably why you're seeing a whole bunch of <laughs> different colors that blend together. It's just, there are a lot more native people than people even can imagine. Well, and I'll be honest, there are a lot more indigenous groups than I ever imagined. You know, growing up in Southwest Virginia, we hear about the Cherokee people all the time because everybody its everybody claims to be, I mean, my family said it and I don't look like it and, and, and Ancestry.com does not give me any credence in that arena. But, you know, but that's about all we really hear about. But it's its fascinating to see all the different groups that that. We're here in Virginia many years ago. And when you did Ancestry.com or something like that, you didn't see any history. And I have cannot tell you how many times I hear that. And I had to ask our chief and he said, there's two reasons. One, the native genealogical records were kept either within the tribe only or they were destroyed. And we have records oh. of that where some of our records were destroyed. So the big- Like destroyed like, on purpose? Yes. By- Bad people? Yes. <laughs> because when they classified the races, native wasn't one of them. If you had any color at all, you were considered a mulatto. 
And then that branched onto different slang words. So there was only two categories. So if you had native, you wouldn't have known if you just looked back on certain records because it just would have said M as for mulattoes, you're a colored person or you're a white person. Wow. Um, so we do have specific sites for native people that if they do have information, you can find it on those, but it's not weaved into the um, big name genealogical searches mm -hmm. like ancestry.com so there's mm -hmm. so many people that will come to me and say I don't have any native blood my grandma said I did and I'm like well you probably do but it's not included in those traditional um, searches so that is well that is interesting to know well that is interesting and are, are those digitized I mean are there websites and that sort of thing or do you have to sort of know someone who's a historian or a um, there is some breakthroughs, so some people can see certain records on like Ancestry.com. It's very limited. Yeah. Um, and then most tribes really try to do more of still paper because we're so traditional mm -hmm. um, and then word of mouth. So and then a lot of stuff's in different languages so that's not easily translated into English. So that's oh, I hadn't thing. thought of that. So does your do you have a specific a special language? Yeah, it's called Iroquois. So like did a lot of different tribes speak Iroquois? They did. So they're also in Virginia, there's like um, a separation of categories of tribes as, as well as like when we learn in fifth grade about the history, there's different um, categories and Iroquois clan is one of those categories and most of the tribes in Virginia and North Carolina as well do speak or come from the Iroquois clan. That's fascinating. So what do you what do you know about some of the history history? Like you were saying that you know that your your tribe had a, had a role in like settling the country and that kind of thing. Are there are there stories that you that you sort of cling to and love to tell and 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 share with others about some things that you did? Honestly, no. There's a whole um, issue as well with Native culture because we are so traditional and conservative. Um, so the men take care of certain things and the women take care of certain things. Oh. So a lot of information has to be passed down to you or you have to be, um, it, and I don't know about other tribes. I know this is for my tribe. I'm just assuming for other tribes, but a lot of information has to be verbally passed down to you. Or um, if it is written down, you really don't get to see it unless you're a part of the tribal council, which is like the main council the people who vote and or take care of the business um so they're like the leaders we have like our own sort of government and I'm not in that my dad is because he's the vice chief so what I know is the limited amount of information that has been passed down to me so I don't know as much as I should my my chief would be awesome for you to talk to because he could answer literally everything that you're asking me so he, but, but he will but so he will share some of those things it's is it it's not like a yeah. secret it's he will share those things that, that history yeah so secrets are more like traditional customs or like um ceremonial things those mm -hmm. were in the secrets come in you do have to be like a part of the tribe and know certain things about that but as far as the history and information and historical facts he shares that all the time especially at the powwow he has a whole section where he explains oh, all of this. And I feel awful because I guess I haven't been listening very well either. You were doing other stuff. You were chatting up somebody. I understand. I do that. You know, I we all do that. We go to those things and we're, we think we're listening. And then later, it's like the family. How many times have we gone to Thanksgiving 
heard the same story 50 times and then got in the car and you realize you can't retell it. Exactly. You know, I think I'm so bored with that story, but for some reason I can't retell it. Exactly. I feel ignorant now because I'm like, wow, I don't know as much information as I should know. <laughs> no, you're not ignorant. You're just like all the rest. It just, it, it, it's, it's something we all have in common. We hear our family telling stories. We just don't always commit it to the part of the brain that hangs onto it for more than just a minute. So it's a problem. (laughs) And how does it feel for there still to be such traditional male-female roles within the tribe? Does that get complicated in the 21st century? Um, This is interesting because I thought about this a lot at Emory when I was going through, um, because I have a major in psychology and sociology so taking classes that spoke towards feminism like that was very interesting to me to think about the traditional roles um we do have an interesting perspective because even though the men are in charge they honor women and they hold us to a high standard and put us on a platform and uh, we give them the permission to be in charge so that's an interesting little (laughs) perspective that we have but it's still like when we enter into the, um, so we dance in a circle and when we enter into that circle, the men are always first and then the women and then the children. Um, so there are a lot of different things that we do that if you look at it, like you said, in the 21st century, you're like, why is that? <laughs> that makes no <laughs> sense. But it's just, I think, cause it's always been like that. Um, just recently there has been this huge debate about um women being the chiefs because we do have a local tribe that has always had a woman as a chief so Mm -hmm. there is a local debate and just like a tribal debate between the tribes about like is that right is that customary is it traditional can we still do that um so and then women are not allowed to play the drums just flat out you cannot you can sing behind them and a lot of women do but, but you don't touch the drum allowed, you're not allowed to be in front of it beside it you're not allowed to touch it you're not allowed to touch anything that has to do with a drum and we do have specific yeah, fascinating dances. it is we have specific dances based on women and men but that's kind of blurring a little bit um with some specific dances but traditionally we have very specific roles that is interesting well and how do you well tra- I'll take well first I was, tradition is hard to get around I mean you know especially <laughs> especially in a community where you've had a lot taken from you you know I mean I, that's that's tough because clearly I mean I don't you didn't say who destroyed your family records but it was I'm thinking it was the government you know <laughs> so you know you've you've not been dealt a fair hand as far as treatment and so I would think there's a whole lot of not just pride but like survival feeling about keeping our traditions and and, and this is what this is our identity and so I would think it would be harder to give up some of those roles and traditions and part of your culture because it would feel like you were losing more than just a woman's place or whatever it feels like it's bigger it feels bigger than that it is it's very big and then there's always um, room for growth and there's always I think with anything when the younger generation comes in and tries to change things or have a different opinion the older generation is kind of like uh no ma'am no sir so yeah exactly there's that you know that huge um conflict there so we deal with that as well but like you said the perspective on 
um, trying to hold tight to what we can control and what we do have to preserve those elders and their history is, is probably the basis of why we keep things the way that they are. Sure. Well, I, I get that. Well, it, it begs the question, how do you get to be chief? <laughs> I, like I said, I don't know for every tribe. Um, my opinion and impression of what usually happens is you are voted in. Um, and once you're voted in, then it just goes down the family line. Um, so there's like a secession, just like the Queen of England. <laughs> there's like a whole list and um, there's inner workings of who's next and why. Um, but of course, like our chief, traditionally his first son would automatically inherit the throne or the crown, but we'll see what happens. So, that, Well, that was ominous. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so, so, I mean, your dad is vice chief. He's not going to, he doesn't elevate to chief. He would if the chief passed away or could, for some reason, no longer do his duties. Oh. I feel like there's going to be a, a like a mini series about what happens here. That whole, I love that whole, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm actually know. nervous. <laughs> I'm actually nervous about it because I love my tribe. I love my history, but it is a lot that goes into it. And I don't know where I'm going to be in that stage of my life when that, and if that becomes a part of the decision um, because I am in line for it. So okay, I, well, that was I was leading up to that. So because you're a princess and you're in line, but so so then technically, have they ever had a woman who's chief? Your tribe with our tribe, no, but, but it's not impossible. So you can you could be chief one day. I could, and I've thought about that for most of my life, <laughs> trying to decide if that's something that I would really want to do or not, or you know, what would go into that decision if I could take it or would take it. Think about that a lot because they are getting older. So yeah. Well, can you say no? Um, that I'm not sure about, honestly, because I'm not a part of tribal council. So I don't know all the inner workings of what goes into it. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's some really complicated by set of bylaws that you need to be getting familiar with. Yeah, that book of bylaws and the constitution is, I can't tell you how many pages. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure like how much of it started originally and why there's so many pages, but <laughs> I've seen it. A lot of pages. <laughs> I feel like you're going to be chief one day and your first question is going to be, why so many pages? Maybe we should cut the pages. It's a lot of pages. And then I don't, I don't think all of it's in English as well. So yeah, that would oh. be very interesting. Is it, just, is it an Iroquois? Some of it is. I don't know if all of it is. Of course, I don't think all of it is, but I'm not sure how much of it is in Iroquois and how much is in English. Just to remind everyone, we are speaking today with Erica Wright, Emory and Henry class of 2011, who um, is studying to be an occupational therapist assistant. We're excited about that. But today she's been kind enough to share with us about her, her family, the Cherenhaka Nottaway tribe in, <laughs> in, in Virginia. And she is actually a princess in this tribe. And so we're talking about whether or not she might be chief one day. And she's telling us that that's been on her mind for a very long time. So if you were, as we wrap up today, if you were going to tell someone just sort of the, the basic, or as I like to call it, the elevator speech um, about the Chiron Hakanataway tribe, um, what what would you say about your family, about your tribe? Um, I would say we're very passionate about preserving the elders' history and our traditions and customs. Um, we're based in Cortland, Virginia. 
and I, we're always open to the public. We love educating the public. We love um, sharing our ceremonial events with the public. So we have powwow twice a year, and we love for anyone and everyone to always come. Um, I think there's two things that are my favorite. Um, is just the general smell of a powwow um, because it's usually on land or in like a secluded rural or wooden area. So just opening my car door and entering, you know, to a powwow, you smell tobacco, you smell sweet grass, you smell sage, you smell leather. Um, so just smelling that, just a sense of calm. And then mm. always the fry bread. If you ever go to a powwow, you have to try the fry bread. It's amazing. Oh, that sounds good. Tell me how your how your folks feel about conservation and the environment. Are, is is that an is that an assumption? Is that a wrong assumption that because you're indigenous people that that is something that's important to you all? No, not at all. Like one of our whole core values is that everything comes from the land and everything needs to return to the land. Um, we respect every part of the environment. Um, we truly believe that if you use an animal for something, use every part of it. And then just making sure that like, we really believe that everything has its spirit. So when you abuse the land or, you know, don't take care of it, you're harming something. You're harming something that has a spirit, just being one. Cause everything is in a circle because we believe that everything comes into a circle. We're one with everything. And, and in the middle of that circle is God, the creator, so literally every piece of grass, every ant, every eagle, everything has a special meaning and a special spirit. And they come together with us as humans and we're supposed to take care of each other. Oh my goodness. I'm going to put that on loop because that is beautiful. <laughs> and it, it, it echoes my heart so much. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop peppering you with questions. I have more questions. I'm going to let you <laughs> off the hook for now and just say thank you so much for being with us on the Duck Pond Wall today. Really and truly, it is an honor that you would take a minute to, to share with us about your family. And I really, really appreciate it. You're always welcome. Emory is always in my heart. Rah, rah, for me and go off. <laughs> I love it. We will see you next time on the Duck Pond Wall.